0: Good morning. Byron asked me when I got home yesterday. He says because he'd been asking me during the week if I thought I could share this morning, um, and I said, "Yeah, sure." But I got home last night. He said, "Are you going to share?" I says, "I oh, don't know. I'm tired." And um, so he went ahead and prepared his message. And then I got up this morning. I said, "I think I can." So, so this morning I was supposed to share a few minutes, about 10 minutes. And then him take the rest that I ended up taking the whole time. So, um, but I'm going to try to leave you some time. You don't want any time? We'll just see. We'll follow the river. (laughs) How how is everybody this morning? That's good. Good, good. We really did have a good time uh, this weekend. Just felt, I, I felt like it was full. And how I say about Fools, I felt like there were a lot of different things accomplished there this weekend. It wasn't, um, I felt like one of the big things was really sort of what was coming out of me this morning about the body of Christ really connecting, the women connecting. And that's really been on my heart lately. That's why we've started women's meetings. Because I believe if you can connect women, then the body in general is better connected. So, um, and I'm hoping the men, and, and it seems like the men are starting to take our lead. Uh, so, y'all somehow are behind women. I don't know. you got to, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the reason why Byron actually wanted me to share is because when I was actually going over my notes with him before we left for the women's retreat, he sort of really wanted me to share about a little bit of um, history with where we've been in the last few years, and I think he liked that part better than my other stuff, and, um, and but I said, honey, that was just only the first few minutes of what I was going to talk about, so, but um, anyway, but I'm going to try to recoup that, but here is, um, I wanted to just give you these words this morning. Before we left to go up there, the Lord actually started bringing back a song to me this week that I heard a long time ago by Susie Wills and it's come let's go up to the mountain and it says this this is what I was hearing come let's go up to the mountain come let's go up to the Lord come let's go up to the mountain he will teach us his ways and I felt like this weekend that's what he was doing he was trying to teach us his ways and and my prayer was that what went on was really richly deposited into our souls but Um, I felt like another thing that happened this morning is this theme of daughters of Zion coming forth in the earth. And I really do believe women do have a real place in the kingdom of releasing things. And I don't fully understand it, but Jesus had a group of women around his ministry that actually supported him and were with him through the whole thing. And there, even at the foot of the cross, the women do have a special place and do have the ability to release things. A woman—it was a woman that was the very first one that preached the gospel when she said, "He's risen." And uh, so, I just feel like we really, God loves these girls and He's bringing them forth, but not but for purpose. There's a real purpose in it. But I love the very—I love all the verses. But I just want to read this one to you: Nations. Will be flowing to Zion when they see the house of the Lord. Running to his peaceful kingdom, shouting, they lay down their swords. Isn't that awesome? And, you know, uh, I did talk about the very last message. I kind of felt like to give this at the beginning. My very last message, uh, Friday night, was about the body of Christ. And um, my message is about the love of God, which I'm going to share with you some this morning. And you girls just get to hear some of it again. But maybe more of it will get in, you know. But, um, you know, I really am feeling stirred about the body of Christ, about the church. Um, I feel like... We don't, you know, the kingdom has been a real message that's been advancing in the last few years about really seeing that the kingdom encompasses way more than just the church. And I wholeheartedly agree, and I'm in on that, but I'll tell you, we can never underestimate the church, the body of Christ. It's really important in this hour and this day. It's really important that we love one another, that we stand for one another, that we know who we are as the body of Christ, how powerful unity is and what it does for us, that there's actually an oil, I believe, of the Holy Spirit that's released in unity and that flows in the unity. And, uh, and it's so it's just vital for us to stick together. Now, here's one of the problems we run into with the church and the body of Christ as we think that if we're not connected to a certain person in the church, then we're not connected, and that's a lie because here's the truth: the body cannot be all connected at one point, it's not all connected at the knees you know everything's you know the head's not connected to the foot, the arm's not connected to the leg, it's only connected to a few places so i I want to encourage you for that because I feel like the enemy tries to really sneak in on our minds, telling us we're not connected if we're not connected at a certain point. And that's a lie. Do you get what I'm saying? So you really need to know that there's a place for each one of you at a particular connecting point that is very valuable to the body of Christ. Christ. And we may not see exactly what you're, where you are, or what you're doing, but God does, and we feel it. See, there's strength in it. We feel that connection. You know, we feel it. It's there. Because when you're not there in your place, we feel it. The body begins to suffer. So I'm just wanting to encourage you with that. This is kind of the back door going in, because that's where I ended with the women. Was on that we, if we love one another, it's, this is how I went. I talked about really grasping the love of God out of Ephesians 3 and how God and Jesus commanded us to abide in his love okay and how we abide how we abide in him is by actually abiding in his love but he goes on and says to us if you're abiding in me and in my love then that has a fruit that comes out of it remember I said you'd wither away if you're not connected where well, the fruit that comes out of it in John 15 is loving one another okay because we really can't love God if we don't have his love for us and we can't love one another if his love not flowing through us so that's why the Ephesians 3 is so vital that Paul prayed apostolic prayer that we're able to grasp the love of God so that we really function the way we were created to function all together you get that so that's really kind of where we were. I had some stuff in with Song of Solomon. And um, and I just wanna, I want to... I I sort of backed you into where I was going to be. How about that? Is that good? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? He thinks I'm crazy. He looks at my notes and just says, I could never follow those notes. And uh, I actually got some... I really on the love of God, David Harwood for some of y'all know is really just so amazing with the love of God and I actually had lunch with him this um before we it was right before I was the women's retreat and I was asking him some questions about the love of God, some stuff I wasn't understanding and he was going to he was saying, Becky, send me your notes and I said, Are you kidding? No <laughs> So but um I did want to review just a little bit of where we've been because this is important to Byron. As a body of believers, several years ago, God started really downloading to us a revelation of the grace of God. And it's this, that we really don't walk in our own strength. There's no way that we will ever be able to really do all God's called us to do. The only way we do it is by grace. And how that thing began for me was when I read in the book of Acts that when Paul was getting ready to go to Jerusalem, he knew chains awaited him, what was going to be there, yet he said he, he, he really had it in his spirit that he had to go. And I'm not sure where that scripture is, but I'll, somebody knows it, but I might know it. Where is it? Acts 21, where he actually talks it's the grace of God that would take him there. And that would keep him there. And when I read that, something really stirred in my spirit and the Lord began to give us real revelations of the whole Christian life is to be meant to live by the, by the, the gospel of grace. It's the power of God. It's not just a merited favor. It's power. It's how we live it. It's, it's leaning back. It's not really um, by our own strength and striving and all that good stuff that we think is going to get us somewhere. It's really letting the Holy Spirit river flow through us. And that's really, when the river began flowing in this church of revival, I believe because we already had a a foundation of grace laid, we were better able to grasp what the river was really doing in us. And I actually had read somewhere that many times grace precedes revival. The revelation of grace will precede a uh, a revival being able to break out because we really understand that the Holy Spirit is key to everything we do. And so that's really what happened to us. The river began to flow with the women in a powerful way two years ago. It was awesome. And it's not stopped. We've begun to really understand the major importance of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'll tell you, we will not let go. You cannot convince us of anything else now. It's just, we have seen the fruit that has been born out of the river flowing at River Life Fellowship. And it was interesting that we actually changed our name to that. Just not, it was it really was what, just a couple of years before that happened. So um, later on, um, the Lord actually took us, a year later, the Lord at the women's retreat actually started helping us deal with the hindrances to the flow of the river of God in our life because we realize he needs a vessel that can flow freely and they're hindrances and a lot of these things are wounds in our hearts bitterness unforgiveness all that mess that is really truly laying dormant in many of our hearts that we don't even know is there and here's the problem and this was what the Lord really began to release to us to get us even in a greater position for the river to flow was dealing with all this stuff. And we called them landing strips. That is so beautifully said by our brother Ed Corley who has a book out that really has helped us a whole lot. And these landing strips are nice little... You know a landing strip is a place for airplane to land. Well, it's a nice little place for demonic activity in our life. And we began to learn how to remove these things. Get them out of here. Deal with them so that the enemy would have no place in us. And, and that has been powerful for us. Many people have gotten so healed, so healed and able to just get up and go with the Lord like never before and let the Lord do all that He wants to do. And then Kathy Walters came and began showing us how we've had a lot of religion in us. Lots of religious thoughts. That is another hindrance to letting the river of God flow in our lives. Religion, you know, Jesus spent two-thirds of his uh, talks in the Gospels was geared toward dealing with Pharisees and their mindsets. He came to bring a total different way. And I'm going to tell you, we really need to face the fact that we have a lot of Phariseeism in us, and really, ultimately, Phariseeism is self. It's self doing it. It's self attaining. You know, and if self does it, who gets the glory? Me. But if the grace of God at work in me is doing this work, and this is really the message of the gospel that Jesus was bringing—that if He does the work in us, He gets the glory. And so we, um, Kathy Walters really helped us to see all those yokes and bondages of religion and also that our inheritance was living in the supernatural realm and at that time the lord had really already been showing by and all that stuff and she just came and just really helped us amazing stuff of really learning that we are seated with christ in heavenly places and that we now have a supernatural mind the mind of christ and that we live from that place all the time any time. That's really the way we're meant to live. It's our inheritance. And it's wonderful. It's exciting that we just learn, you know, living and walking in the spirit anytime we just know and live in that heavenly realm. The heavens have been opened. And when Jesus came to the earth, the heavens were opened. And just trying to catch up really fast. Okay. And then uh, Larry Randolph came and told us about the Renaissance Church, which I believe that's where we are. We're on this place, this threshold of God taking the church in a whole new open, wide, open space of grace that we can really walk in, live in. And the Renaissance Church is what Larry described as a Solomon Church. And normally Solomon seems to be a negative uh, thing, but really Solomon was full of creativity. He wrote over, I think Larry said, like 800 books and sonnets and poetry. And creativity was flowing. And the kingdom was at peace. It was at peace during his time. There was no war. And I believe the kingdom is what love joy no, what is it is it love righteousness joy and peace y'all have to help me on the scriptures righteousness joy and peace and the Holy Ghost and so that peace is a, you know the, the kingdom is a kingdom of peace and so um, that was really what Larry talked about shifting it's a time of shifting that the church is shifting right now into that real flow of who the body is meant to be Full of creativity, and um, and peace, subduing with peace, not with a really harsh tongue, and you know all this stuff that we think is going to work with the world, and it won't. And then Shampa Rice came, and she brought us the message of the great love of God. And at that time, I really felt like the Lord put something in my spirit that I wanted to delve a little bit deeper with that, where she. And that's where I bring us this morning. And are you good? Is that a fast track to where we are right now? Is it clear to you? Ephesians three fourteen is really what we uh, talked about this weekend and i'm glad that some you know there's some women that didn't get to go and of course none of you men could come and um so you'll get some of what was at least spoken and um and but here's what i felt like the lord was um showing us was ephesians three fourteen through 21 paul the apostle prayed this for the ephesians church and it's so vital the great love of god is so vital to everything we do. And here I will read it somewhat. It's, I kind of will paraphrase at times and somewhat in the Amplified and sometimes I'm just interpreting so just bear with me. Okay? For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ Body of Christ Hear that theme? I bow my knees before the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that father, fatherhood, I missed that part of one of our journeys. I missed that. I want to tell you, spirit of adoption got released in our journey, which is the father's heart. That father whom all fatherhood takes his title and derives its name, may he grant you out of the, tr- the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened Reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, Himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. And I want to stop right there and say this about this scripture: that what he is praying is that you would be strengthened in your inner man. He's asking that God would give you the ability. He actually goes on in the ne- these next verses and saying, "He's it's like a ground being." the ground being laid for you to grasp the love of God. And that really um, and being said is this. That he's praying that that scripture there in the Greek is like a, a army or of coming in and conquering the ground and setting up the standards of that kingdom in your heart, in your inner being. And what we're laying hold of here is the love of God the standard of God the standard of God's kingdom is love and that is what he's praying for the Ephesians church that it would actually go in you and I didn't say this the first service but I want to tell you in Ephesians 1 he actually begins there with a prayer that's really key also for this is he's saying I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be opened so you will have the ability to receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and all these things that are being prayed for the Ephesians church for the ability to take it in and I love what uh, what that really means it says this that that's your entry point of the kingdom is your understanding your heart he's praying that your heart your understanding would be opened that's the entry point so he can come in in that place that we can grasp all of that's being prayed over for the Ephesians church Paul has such a heart for the church to get all that it is meant to have that we would come into fullness he was not satisfied with mediocre being mediocre he wanted us to have all that we could have and so this and, and, um, so you got that being strengthened in the inner man and then it says this this is actually a work of the Holy Spirit. This is what, one of the, what the Holy Spirit is. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is strengthening us. Bringing that kingdom, that conquering kingdom to set up the standard of the kingdom, which is love. And um, verse 17, it says, May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make His permanent home in your hearts and may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. And um, again, this is really, if you think about this, he's saying this is our whole foundation. And he's praying that we be rooted and grounded in this foundation. Verse 18. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints. See, this is a corporate thing too. You see that? See that, Phil? This is not just an individual thing. This is a corporate grasping as well as an individual grasping. But what is the breadth, length, height, and depth of this? And what he's praying is this, that we would have the ability to grasp the love of God. That grasping is important for us. And see, and I said this this morning, it concerns me when I hear people say, well, I have that. It really does. I mean, I think you might have a measure of it. I'm not disputing that. But it really concerns me when people just are flippantly like, oh, I have that. Because I feel like, you know, how can we fully have that? I think we're going to have, for an eternity... Is until we get home, we're always going to be discovering more of the love of God. And um, and here's why, verse 19, he's praying this. I tell you, let me finish one more thing on there. There are multi channels of the love of God. Okay, there's the breadth, length, heights, and depths of it. See, you see what I mean? there's a lot of discovery because there's multi-channels going on. There's all kinds of stuff. Ed Corley says this, there's a channel of God loving us. There's a channel of us loving Him. There's a channel of us, me loving you, and you loving me. There's a lot of discovery. And we have a, a, a carnal nature that is at war with your coming into fullness of the love of God. It will tell you every day, every moment, that God doesn't love you. He doesn't like you. Doesn't like what you're doing. Doesn't like the way you're doing. Doesn't like the way you look. Don't you hear that all the time? As a conversation, it's constant. And verse 19, I love this. So that's why the ability to grasp the strengthening in the inner man. Verse 19, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ and I love that through experience this is not doctrinal love he's talking about like well, we know the love of God that's what the Bible says we know he loves us although there is a faith element to coming into a real revelation of God loves me okay because faith works with love and um, but what Paul is talking about is let me move on. That you really may come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. So many of us, when you you know when we lay and soak in His presence, that's really what we're doing. We're experiencing the love. Someone asked me this morning, "What do you do when you're soaking in the presence of God? What do you say?" I said, "I don't say anything. I'm just." She says, "What are you doing?" I says, well, "I'm just communing. You know what that means? I'm just letting my spirit just commune with the Lord. Because what I'm doing is experiencing the love of God. I'm letting, because I need that every day. Because my mind tells me something every day that's different. The carnal nature." And so that's why it's so important to have these times when we're just receiving. And this is what Paul's praying. How, are y'all with me on this? Are y'all okay? You girls bored, yet yeah, hearing this again? Okay. Men, are y'all bored? So that you may, and this is why, isn't this good, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God. This is why the love of God is fullness, rooted and grounded in love, strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, the ability to grasp the love of God so that we may come into fullness. This is what the Amplified said. That we may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy, filled, and flooded with God Himself. Wow! You want to live in revival? What does this sound like? What does this sound like? Oh, Holy Ghost revival. Thank you, Lord. You know, and one other thing we've been teaching in the, uh, I just want to say this, that is, I believe is the days we're in. You know, all of us really sense this last day thing is upon us. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we're in that era, okay? Whatever how long it is. So we need to begin to adjust our minds and our hearts to the times that we're living in, like the sons of Issachar knew the times they were living in. Well, I believe the church knows what time we're living in. And this was Paul in the book of Thessalonians that we talked about with our class. It's a class we're doing with CSM. He says that he's actually talking to them and saying, in view of these last days we're in, he's the parousia, the coming of the Lord, that word parousia, the coming, he's actually talking about the same thing, being prepared with faith and love. So the faith really is key because faith works with love because I believe one of the ways we receive the love of God is the first thing we have to to do is just by faith just receive it say yeah I'm just going to have to believe this by faith it's like a first step of it because you know the love of God will do us no good if we can't receive it truly if we can't receive the love of God it won't really do us any good And the love of God, grasping and laying hold of the love of God, is everything because of those four channels we talked about. So, the view of the days that we're living in, because I actually talked about later in Matthew 24, where Jesus is talking about the last days to his disciples, one of his concerns, and he's warning them about, is cold love. And it's actually a time of hearts becoming cold. He talks about cold love. So we, it's really a time for us to lay hold, isn't it? In view of the times we're living in. Thank you, Lord. And we um, talked about the disciple John. And I really, when I was looking at the disciple John, it really blessed me thinking about him. You know, he lived... Past all the other disciples. He lived longer. He lived to be an old man. He had more time to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in him than any of the other disciples. Okay? And for the Holy Spirit to lay hold of him, to grasp. And he was the disciple. You know, all the other gospels have been written. Okay? And he was the disciple only one to write God is love it's not that God it, he loves us that he, the act of love but his very nature he is love the source of love he's the only one who wrote that he's the only disciple who wrote in the gospels for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son okay and so you see that he was it was a foundation for him First John in view of this love that we have, um, we ought to love one another. John 15. Here is what he says. He commanded us to abide, to abide in Christ. He says, you know, this is John was writing this. He caught what Jesus was saying, where Jesus talked about abiding in the vine. You know, John 15. I'll know that. I'm not going to put it up there about abiding in the vine. Well, you know, really, we've missed this. Do you know the way we abide in there? What it says abide in my love that's how we abide in in the lord it's by abiding in the love does that not help you when you really get your heart around that you ever wondered how you abide in the vine? did you know because if you're not abiding it says the branch gets cut off it withers away and it gets cut off and destroyed well if you think about if god is love okay and we're abiding in him And Jesus goes on and says, This abide in my love. And it's actually a commandment. And I love this. What he's saying is, he says, This just as I've abided in my Father, so you abide in me. So here's what he's saying just as I was abiding in a constant awareness of my Father's love for me, so abide in the awareness of my love for you. Isn't that good? And this is how fruit springs forth out of our life. This is how we love one another because he goes on and says, if you're abiding in my love, okay, then you're going to keep my commandments. And what, you know, the commandments he's talking about in John 15 is loving each other. Real fruit of love is in loving one another. Okay? So, amen. So that's my prayer that the Lord would really help us be receivers of His love. Help us get into a real receiving mode because we realize this is is the avenue to fullness, the fullness of His presence. It's the avenue of a really healthy bride, a body of Christ. This is the avenue. This is the way. Through the working of the Holy Spirit where He is strengthening us. Okay? And I encourage you to pray this prayer for your family members, for yourself. Okay, I encourage you in that. And um, I'm just a couple more things and then I'm done. I went over the Song of Solomon and um, I don't believe the Song of Solomon. I I believe it's the last day song. It's It's what the bride begins to look like in the last days. She's a bride very in love with a shepherd boy. Okay? She's very in love. She's being wooed by him. She's being drawn by his love. And by the end of this story, she is sealed by love. Okay? And um, I believe there's... Many people thought there were just two characters in here. I believe there's three. I believe Solomon was a third character. He was not the shepherd. I believe he was trying to woo this, this Shulamite woman through the whole story. He was trying to win her and distract her with what He had to offer her. You know what He was going to offer her? One of 800 wives. That's what the world's trying to offer us today. One of many. They're offering us dirt. And so I believe is this thing, Colossians 3 says, Set your affections on things above. Okay? That we're in a season... And Byron's, I'm gonna let you say that when we're done, of contending. Okay, I'm gonna let him do this. We're in a season of contending, of where we're gonna set our affections, and I think that book's really prophetic. Of you, you know, when you go through the the di- the conversation in there. Solomon's always trying to woo her with really flattery, but the shepherd boy is the one that always has real love and wooing her. And so by the end of the story, you I mean Solomon, you know he'll be saying stuff too, and her mind starts drifting back to the shepherd. It just doesn't mean anything. And see ultimately how we stay in the Lord and stay strong is really by the love of God. That's how she was staying in it. She had been wooed by love. That true love had sealed her, sealed her fate in him. I, but I wanna, this is two things I wanted to really bring up about the Song of Solomon. There is so much in it. I really, it, I, I just probably need a weekend just to do that. But um, where it says he brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. Well, that scripture says he brought me to his banqueting house and his banner over me. It's not just a table. It's a house. And I believe that's what the Father's house is all about. Really the vision God's given us. It's the, and the standard, when that his his banner over me is love, that is an army. Again, that army coming in, this is what that looks like. And conquering and setting up the standards of that kingdom, those banners flying the waves. You know, isn't that cool to think about that the banners of the kingdom of God or love. It's the love of God. And so that's really what that looks like. And I'm going to tell you, this is not a gooey kind of love that many people have interpreted about the Song of Solomon. This is about friendship and fellowship and companionship. The bride of Christ is male and female, it is not just the thing, romantic kind of love. That we've only heard this thing interpreted, it is. It's about the great love of God for His bride, and I believe it's also about the bride of Christ coming forth in the last days. And um, this is why I believe this. In the very end, word um, in chapter six, you know, it says, "Who is this that appears like the dawn?" It says this, and she's carrying, and, if they're, and ban- they're carrying banners. So we've always interpreted that it's that's the shepherd. But you know what there is there's nowhere where you'll find that interpreted there like that. I believe it's the body of Christ. I believe it's the bride of Christ. She's come forth and she's carrying banners. You know, who is this that's appearing like the dawn? I think it's her rising in the earth with a real revelation of the love of God. It's pretty powerful to see it like that. And and it's powerful to see, you know, Jesus it's powerful to see it not only not only just for our love for him but for one another. It is a body that is unified in the love of God as he prayed in John seventeen, his last Christ's last prayer for the church was that we would be in unity and that we would have the same love in us that the father we would have the same love. how the Father loves Jesus, that same love that is the Father for Jesus would be in his body back to the son isn't that powerful and you know it really takes the Holy Spirit to bring unity and how he does it is by releasing a real revelation of the love of God and so the contending I believe we are truly in days of contending for other affections are trying to distract and get us so amen Come
1: on. All right, let me explain contending to you because everybody everybody has a false view of contending. We're not contending with God to get something from God. Okay, God's already given it to us. What we're contending with is our own carnal thinking, our fleshly nature, the devil, and the world. You you, you hear what I'm saying to you? We ain't trying to get God to do anything because God's done it. What we have to contend with, though, is all these other forces that are trying to keep us out of what God has already done for us. So when we talk about contend, we're not going to beg God, Oh, God, please bring revival. we just got to get you to do this. That ain't the way it works. That's begging God for something that God is is already in his heart. He's already released. But we have to contend with our own feelings, our own thinking, and those types of things. So I think that's really key because yeah, we hear people like, "Well, I'm contending for my healing." Well, it's not like you're begging God to heal you. God healed us; He released healing on the cross. That's according to the Bible. Okay, what we're contending for is our our unbelief and getting all that stuff out of the way, so so the so the Lord can flow in our life. But that was a great message, actually. I enjoyed that. For coming, especially coming from a girl who told me I don't want to be in the ministry. Why, you know, why do you want to be a pastor? I don't want to be involved in all that stuff. Just, you know. <laughs> and then she spends days on the end, just wearing me out over all this stuff. Like, want me to re- talk to her about it? Like, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just really wanted to say that um, I really feel like I felt like from this weekend that what Becky has is like a huge thing to try to. We have to take a bite out of each a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. That we can't grasp all of it, and I just want to encourage you because in the when the Lord really brought the revelation of grace, the first time I heard it was from Becky Sharon at the twenty-somethings meeting about grace, and it was the same sort of feeling of this. It's a bit much. I can't really quite grasp my mind around it. But I really, and I felt, and then Becky says, and the Lord said that he wanted her to fertilize this. And so I really want you to really encourage you that this really is one of the next ways of what the Lord is leading us into. And really to encourage you to really go after and ask the Lord for more revelation that we really will as a body grasp this because this is the same Sort of thing that led into that whole grace when the Lord was bringing in that grace revelation.
1: So, amen. So, <clears throat> do you want to say something, Don? His <laughs> foot is falling asleep. Can you bring me the mic? Now I was. Will you let? I'm gonna let Byron. Now I gotta carry the mic.
2: <laughs> well, it's 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 curious you should say that, but. You know, sometimes on Sunday morning, the Lord gives me a word. And the word He gave me today is a very important word in the Scripture. And the word is let. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. It could be a good... Uh, to go through the New Testament and find all the places where it says let it's allowing God to do the things that he wants to do in our lives it's very critical he, he has no problem doing it it's just that he wants us to be part of the process and so you find as you go through the scripture don't run by that little word let because it's very very critical
1: Amen. All right, let's just... Uh, I think we just need to stand. I really wanted to... Uh, I know there's some people who suffer, and you probably wouldn't even respond. if I said, does anybody here really suffer with, in their heart not really believing God loves them? But I know there are Christians who do that because I talk to Christians all the time who battle with that, not really believing on a very personal, intimate level. that They don't really have a personal revelation of that. And those Christians who have that, have some difficulties that, that, we, that I don't have at this point in my life because that's something I'm walking in and, and growing in and, and receiving more. But if you are one of those people this morning, I believe God really wants to download something on you today that can change your life. And He really wants to speak to your heart and show you how much He really does love you. There's a lie out there that says this. God loves me because he sees me through the blood of Christ. You will not find that in the Bible anywhere. Period. God loved the world before before the blood of Jesus was given to it. Like in other words, I was in the world as a as a person, a lost person, a condemned person, and God loved me in that state. Okay? That's what the scripture says. While we are yet sinners Christ died for us. So you see, that that's the that's such a lie that has been thrown on the tree. And they people preach that like it's in the Bible, but you will not find it in the Bible. It's a doctrine of man. God loves everybody dearly and deeply. He don't just love us because we've been saved. That's ridiculous. Think about it. That's that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. That's how we're gonna get God to love us, we're gonna get saved. No, God loved us and then and He's and because He loved us, He saved us. and if you can get a hold of that that's the key to me one of the great keys of knowing the love of God personally is knowing that he loved me before I ever said to him I receive you as my Lord I repent he loved me way before that y'all got that? So that's another one of the lies that the church has taught people that's not in the Bible. (laughs) I'm just telling you that right now. I know some of you might be struggling with that little notion a little bit because you've believed it all your life. But you believe it because somebody told you, but they didn't really get it from the Lord. They got it from somebody else. So, Father, this morning we want to pray for everybody in the room because you love everybody in the room. And we're asking you, Lord, even like what Amy was saying, there was just all this is just beyond our human capacity to understand. But Lord, as we allow, we let the love of God come right now. We we declare that over ourselves. I let you love me more. I let you love me more. I let you, say that to God. I let you love me more. I want more. I let you pour more of that love in me. Immerse it. Immerse it. The height, the length, the breadth, the depth. I allow it. I give you permission in my life. I give you permission. I, I give you permission. You know, that's one of the keys right there. Is for me is I invite the Holy Spirit into my mind. Okay? I say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my mind today and renew my mind. Give me the thoughts of God. I invite you and I give you permission there because, and when I do that, He does. <laughs> that's the great thing about it. That's how you live out of the heavenly realm is by having the Holy Spirit in your mind. And then you can begin to think the thoughts of God, not just trying to think like God. Big difference. Quit trying to think like God. That's stupid as the day is long. Okay? But you can literally think the thoughts of God by receiving the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all this mystery about the heavenly realm, people get irritated with me all the time because they, you know, they get frustrated because I talk about these experiences and visions and, angel, and I had an angel to visit me the other night. Okay? And people, some people get offended when you talk about that. So I'm talking about people in this room. But I'm telling you, that's crazy to be offended by that because that is everybody can have that. There's nothing hard about that. I used to think the same way, but I've learned there's nothing hard about that. Nothing. It is just allowing it. Because they're, they're here in this room. There's, a, there's all kinds of stuff going on in this room spiritual right now that you and I can connect into. But I tell you what, I'm the biggest idiot and the most negative person in the world when I'm just living out of this world. Okay? I'm confused. I'm discouraged. I'm disappointed. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to fight everybody, you know. But when I connect into God's world by just allowing the open heaven that we have to flow and function in my mind, I'm a different person. And it's, it's easy to get revelation. I'm telling you, it is as easy as pie. God wants to release that to people. Oh, here.
0: I just felt we needed to do this. We did it up there. Is I felt like... You can stay up here with me because I think it would be good.
1: I'm you can. Stuff.
0: Let's just... Let, yeah, we'll let him stay. You guys stand up. You know, one of the things in Song of Solomon was catch the little foxes. Yeah. At least they destroy the vine, which is the fruit. And I felt like prophetically up there, there were two areas the Lord gave me to really speak, and I'm feeling like it in the room again this morning. Two areas, and those little foxes are little demonic realms. And here's the first one that I feel like the Lord wants to deal with in our hearts. It's disappointment. A lot of people get disappointed and fall out. And then the second one is distractions. Okay, these, I feel like we get really distracted with a lot of other things. And the Lord's really given us the ability to not fall into either of these. So right now, I just want you in your own heart, just in your mind, and just repent of any way, because this is the way we deal with this as we come to repentance. We change our minds and let the Lord deal with this thing. So Lord, we repent that we've gotten disappointed in in, in things, or we've not seen you move the way we wanted to see you move, we've not seen you provide the way we wanted to see you provide, Lord, just all of those disappointments that cause us that cause our heart and our minds to just drift away from you, Lord. And we ask you to forgive us, Lord. And just let your your love cover us fresh, Lord. Just let us be renewed and reestablished in your love and your grace, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us for being distracted. Like Martha, Lord, just distracted by many things where she really couldn't grasp what was going on in that room that day where Mary was at his feet. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, Lord, for letting life's distractions in the spirit of this age to woo us away from you, Lord. Just forgive us, Lord. We want to be free of that bondage of distraction. Lord, just let your river flow and reestablish us once again in your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord, we want all that you have. We don't want to suffer loss, Lord, in the last day. Lord, when we stand before you, that we have suffered loss because we let the little foxes destroy the vine, Lord, destroy the fruit.
1: Father, I just pray right now for every person in this room. pray that, just, just, that there would be just an oil of heaven would come on them right now. Lord, you said you've been anointed with the oil of joy above your fellows, being those in, you're in fellowship with. Lord, and we declare we're those people today that the oil of joy has been poured out on you more than all, but it's dripping down off on of you right now for those who will in faith will receive it. So, Lord, we just receive that oil today that has rolled off the body of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We receive it onto us. Let it just come down into our minds, come down into our hearts, come, touch our sick bodies, touch our feeble feebleness, ter- touch our dis- distraction and discouragement. Uh, touch us, Lord. Just let that oil flow, Lord. Let it flow right now, and just just receive it by faith. Yeah, because it's right there. The oil is there. It's, that's what it's, it's it's real. It's just real. All we got to do is receive it. And when you begin to get into a receiving mode and believe in what the Bible says versus what your experience or what all the other stuff says, your life can change in a moment. And Father, we just declare that we decide today we're going to believe you. We're going to believe what the Word of God has already written down and has been proven through the Church Age over and over that you're alive and that you're pouring out and that in the, the Holy Ghost realm is is real and is flowing and is and is full of life and joy and peace and righteousness. And so we receive it today, God, Lord. We receive it to fullness, Lord, and Lord. I just just every enemy that tries to come against us, Lord, I pray you just just. Show us how to bind the enemy in our life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Okay. Amen. Huh? Well, we're going to end with doing that song. Uh, what did they do that song? I mean, the name of that song? Yeah, let's do that. Come up, let's go up the mountain. Ending with that. But what you've got to do is realize you're going up that mountain as you go. It's not just going to church and all that. So let's just end on that. If anybody has any desire to be prayed for, again, we'll love to do that also. Uh, But we're going to just end on that. Lord bless you.